0: Episode seven of the dining room table. We're coming to you live from the man cave. Steve Allen here, and alongside me, Matt Sharp from Sharp Property Buyers. Great to see you.
1: Thanks, mate. Great to be back, and excited to to dive into the next episode.
0: Look, can you do a recap for us? What's happened so far?
1: We started with uh, mindset, dream team, and then trying to understand where your finances come from, uh, your own budget, your risk appetite, uh, and then we started moving towards okay, how do we identify locations? So uh, we were through um, demographics, uh, where government and private spending is happening. So as you can see, we're starting to paint a bit of a picture and a bit of a journey as to what you should go on if you're looking to invest and invest seriously. So we're drilling right into the location now. We've discussed demographics. We understand what the local demographic wants within the area that we've identified. And now we want to try and work through, okay, what is this property going to be worth? And, and how do we do that?
0: I've loved every episode. Uh, I've got to say, I really enjoyed the demographics because I love numbers and data.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it, I think you, you always need a team around you if you're going to get the best outcome. I, I, don't, I think the days of trying to do it on your own or having a one-stop shop, they're gone. People now are really experts in their own field and in their own niche. And, and if you truly want to get the best outcome, you need to engage those experts, you know, to help you along the way.
0: And that really minimizes the risk doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And and it's no different to being a professional athlete, which I know we've spoken about a lot on this podcast, but a professional athlete will have, you know, a nutritionist, strength coach, speed coach. In some cases now they even have a mindset coach. Um, so it's no different really.
0: Hey, you know, I love Seinfeld and there's an episode where Jerry and George, they're sitting around the apartment and they're trying to write a comedy show. That's what this looks like. You've got no notes whatsoever. And you said to me, it's all upstairs.
1: Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> Big fan of Seinfeld as well, by the way. Look, yeah, I could, I could write out some notes. But look, we do this all the time. So I guess it is all, all in my mind in terms of the process and what we look at. So yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing.
0: Hey, uh, just before we go any further. So we're going to talk about comparables today. Can you smell that in the kitchen? yes i can sharon's magnificent nachos and we've got a whole bunch of those mini tortillas
1: A couple of Coronas as well, mate.
0: Yeah, well, I've got this wheat beer from WA. I'll tell you more at the end of the episode. Let's get cracking. Okay, tell me more about comparables.
1: All right, so as I said, we've dived right into the location. We've identified exactly what the demographic's going to want. So, for example, um, you know what your tenant's going to look like and and also what the person that's potentially going to buy your property looks like. Um, Once we've identified all of that, we want to try and understand what the property's actually worth. So how do we do that? The best way to do that is to try and work through what have the recent sales been within the area and within obviously close proximity to, to the property that you're looking at. So don't be fooled by what the agent is putting on their advertising and their sales campaign. Sometimes, for example, an agent will price the property really low to gain lots of interest to then build some hype and then the property sell 10 or 20% above what they've quoted. So for example, an agent might put it on the property um, offers over four ninety nine, okay, but all of the recent comparables would indicate that that property is likely to sell for five hundred and fifty thousand, okay, so ten percent above what he's what he's quoted. Now, the reason why I say it's really critical for you to understand what the property's worth before you even move forward is because if you're being guided by what the agent's putting up in terms of their campaign, you could really be going around in circles in terms of not being able to execute on that purchase. So let's just say the agent's saying offers above 499 or guiding 499,000. All of the recent comparables and the most accurate comparables are indicating it to be around 550,000. You could be putting offers in on a property at 500,000. You could do that two or three or four or five times and you don't actually understand the market because you're being guided by the wrong information.
0: Yeah. Why is he saying four ninety nine? Is he casting a wide net? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's exactly or what they're doing. Or shit. Yep. Yep. They're at that's exactly what they're doing. So they're pricing it low uh, to cast a big net to get as many buyers in the picture as possible. And then that way they can just drive the price up once they've got, you know, five or ten serious buyers in the room, albeit, you know, none of them are probably overly educated borrowing a couple.
0: So where have you found out that the property is worth five fifty?
1: Yeah, good question. So what we would typically do is we would identify uh, probably half a dozen of the most recent sales within that suburb that are comparable to the property that's for sale at that particular time that we're looking at. A good way to do it would be to look at a couple of superior properties and where they landed in terms of price and then compare that with a couple of inferior properties to see where they landed in terms of price. So an example might be, a nicely new renovated home within that same suburb, maybe a couple of streets away, sold for 600000 for example. A property that needs major renovation, similar size block, maybe similar age, but insides really original and probably quite run down, it might be around 500000 This property that we're considering might be sitting somewhere between that, it might be livable, not as renovated. Um, so then the indicators would be, okay, well, this is probably not as good as the newly renovated one but slightly better than the one that needs immediate attention so you can start to frame up you know where the price is kind of going to land
0: yeah rod amos who's on the our house podcast with us when he was at ray white they have extensive data so he can access this you know rapidly on the computer probably got the same setup with urban and coastal where does joe average Get this data.
1: Yeah, look, and and look, we're very fortunate that we have that data as well. And not only that data, what's interesting is in some of the markets that we're buying in. So outside of New South Wales, typically a property will be in a 21 day cooling off period. So a little bit different to here in New South Wales. Most properties here in New South Wales are either seven or 14 day cooling off. So we're actually getting information in real time. We can get that usually through our agent relationships. Um, so it wouldn't be broadcast to the public. Now, a normal Joe Blow, they need to do the best they can to try and uncover that information. Now, ways you can do that is is ask the agent directly who may have a property that's recently sold, or it might be listed as under offer on realestate.com. So ask them. The reason why you should do that is because that way you have the most up-to-date market information possible. So if a property has sold for you know, 500000 and then another one pops up and it's slightly better, but that information hasn't been released yet, you really need to know that because that can help you guide into the next property in terms of what the price is going to be worth.
0: You know, I love realestate.com.au. I jump on there all the time. And have they got all that data in their suburb profiles?
1: No, not as accurate. No, typically it's about a three month lag. And also you need to understand with the information on real estate, dot com. Typically that comes from RP data. Now that's only calculated through measurements, you know, block size, beds, how big the building is. So it doesn't actually consider scarcity and also doesn't consider, you know, the emotional factors as well. Whereas as we know, property, uh, you know, it's an emotional asset. People are prepared to pay, you know, based on their emotions and not always with their heads.
0: Give us some stories on how this has worked effectively for you.
1: Okay. So, as I said, I think it's critical to understand the data and, and, and what's happening on the ground and within a suburb to the most recent time frame as possible. So, typically, uh, we'll be well-informed as to what a property may be under offer at. So, the agent won't disclose that to the public. However, they will let us know that the property may have sold for 510000 as an example. Now, if there's another property that's popped up that might be slightly better than this one, that then gives us great insights as to where this next property is going to land in terms of price, regardless of what the agent has quoted you know, on their advertising.
0: Have you got some examples where you've saved, as a buyer's agent, you've saved one of your clients tens of thousands of dollars because you've been armed with all this information?
1: Yeah, many, many. And what's interesting is, as I used the example before, properties that will be listed at 499000 and all the indicators are that it's going to sell for five fifty typically we will get information that the property has sold for $550,000, but it will not be disclosed to the public. But we will know that information just through to our agent relationship. So if we're negotiating on a similar property, typically it's off market when this happens. We can usually say to the agent, hey, this other one that's just around the corners on realestate.com, the agent's guiding 499 dollars You know, yours is probably similar. Would five hundred thousand get the deal done, or five hundred and ten thousand? So then the agent starts to question exactly where they think it's going to land, but they don't have the information that the other one might have sold at five fifty yet, because sales agents don't talk.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh,
1: we're the meat in the we're the the meat in the sandwich, most cases.
0: Yeah, it shows how invaluable you guys are in the process. Like you told us, you know, probably two years ago that. This is massive in America, isn't it? Buyers, agents.
1: Mm. It's a growing space, but it's just about being informed. You know, that's all it is. It's what we do every single day, and it's about being informed. You know, I've had half a dozen phone calls from agents this morning to give me updates on where properties are at, price changes, increases, decreases. So it's just about being informed and then arming yourself with that information going forward.
0: Do you feel like the agents are realizing now that you're maybe a fast track to a sale?
1: Yep. Yep. Always. They always have. Once you've built that relationship, definitely. Locally here and interstate. Absolutely. Because we're professionals. We understand the process. We understand how to navigate through the purchase.
0: Someone who's thinking about buying a property, you know, they could be in way over their head and end up spending far more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I can't, you you can't um, quantify exactly how much they could be, but just know that if it's something that you don't do every single day and you don't have those real details um, of the local market you're at extreme risk of overpaying and getting it wrong mm. like there's just it's just a fact like it'd be like me walking out of here and going okay i'm gonna try and build a house or i'm gonna pour a new driveway like where would i start mm. you, you're, you're just so much better position if you just ring an expert and say i need a driveway you know what's the next steps but we spoke about
0: and, com- and isn't that funny because there's some things where you go I would never attempt that. You mentioned about building. I've painted the house once inside. I'd never do it again. Just engage a professional. That's got to be our mindset, right?
1: Yeah. And I think it's a growing mindset of people now that, you know, obviously taking up a lot of time to go through the process of buying a property. Obviously, people engage us to save them time, not just in the owner-occupier space, but also time in the investment space as well, because- A lot of people out there don't have the time to be researching markets. Like we spend, we dedicate hours each week to be researching certain markets Mm. to understand where the best opportunities are. And most people just don't have that educational will to want to do that.
0: Well, Sharpie, we've spoken about comparable sale prices. And maybe you've saved us tens of thousands, but what about as a rental?
1: Yeah, look, good question. It's critical to understand, okay, what's the property going to be worth and what is it worth to me and where does it make sense in terms of numbers? And you work through that through understanding the the recent sales. So jumping in sold, you know, using the sold filter on realestate.com and just jumping through what's sold in in that immediate location to work through exactly what this property is worth that you're pursuing. The other critical element that you need to do is have a look at the rentals in that location. As well to understand again what rental you could ultimately achieve for the property, and then you can do your numbers based on that. So again, you just work through this property, and this rental market is a little bit superior than the one I'm considering. You know, it might be rented at $600 per week. There's another one around the corner that's not as good; it's inferior. It's only renting at $500 a week, and then that starts to paint a bit of a picture as to what you could actually expect. You know, to get per week for your investment property. The other thing I will mention as well, typically the sales agent will provide a rental appraisal that their office has written up to say what they believe the rent will get for that particular property. Now, it's always a good tool to have a look at that and consider that, but just be mindful that the agent, obviously they may have a bit of an agenda to make that particular property be a more lucrative asset than maybe what it actually is. So it's always a good idea to get an independent rental appraisal done. So reach out to another agent that is a property manager and another agency that isn't involved in the sale and get them to do a bit of a desktop valuation for you too. Sometimes there is quite a difference between the two.
0: This has been a great episode. A lot of the episode you've spoken about maybe two or three properties when you're doing comparables. Mm. What about in a market where, you know, you might have 15 to 20 properties that have sold recently that arm you with information.
1: Mm, mate, yeah.
0: Uh, are you giving us an insight into where you're buying? So you're buying where it's more scarce?
1: Yeah, it's more scarce. Yeah. The, the, the areas that we're buying in, if there's 15 to 20 recent comparables in say the last four to eight weeks, it's probably not an area you want to be buying in. And the reason is because there's an oversupply. So at the core of the property market, it's about supply and demand. It's that simple. In some cases, we're comparing properties like Jade and myself, who's in our team. There might only be two recent sales in three months in a suburb. It becomes really, really difficult. And in a lot of cases, a lot of buyers have missed out on both of those properties. So we could be competing with 10, 15 different buyers that have recently missed out on those previous properties that we're talking about. Mm, Whereabouts? Oh, it can be anywhere.
0: What is that kind of silence, (laughs) is it?
1: (laughs) We spend a lot of time on our research. We give a lot away here, but yeah, we can't give it all away.
0: Yeah. Anything else?
1: No, it's been great. I think know your numbers as well on the back of that, which we'll probably dive into the next episode in terms of what your property management costs will be, what some of your outgoings are going to be, just so you can really paint a bit of a picture as to what your holding costs will be for that property.
0: Yeah. I've got one more question on rent. So quite often with uh, one of our properties on the far North Coast in Pottsville, We'll often get a message from the real estate agent saying, yeah, it's time to put your rent up. I always find that as a bit of a moral dilemma because you've got some great tenants that have been in there for quite some time and do you want to hit them with another, you know, 30 40 or $50 per week.
1: Mm, Look, and it it is one of those things that you need to just, you know, everyone's a little bit different, right? What's quite evident now throughout most areas across Australia, certainly well-established locations that there's been significant rental increases somewhere between 20 and 30%. So if you own a property in a well-populated area in Australia, it's probably worth just checking out you know, what the market rent is for that property if you haven't looked at it for a couple of years. And look, it just comes down to your own personal preference, okay? If you have really good tenants and they've been there for a long time and- maybe you want to give them a little bit of a discount and it's less hassle to increase or it's less hassle for them to be moving out and you to get new tenants in at a higher rent. That's totally up to you. One thing I would say though is it's probably in your best interest to increase the rent slowly in small increments. So maybe every 12 months you add $10 or $15. That That. Typically lands a little bit better with the tenant as opposed to leaving it for two years or three years and then hitting them with a fifty or a hundred dollar uh, rent increase because you know that's obviously significant. So yeah, if you have a rental property out there, it's definitely worth touching base with your property manager to understanding you know where your property's at in terms of its rental income and make sure it's aligned with uh, the market value or close to.
0: Sharpie, uh, let's cue the Mexican music. to enjoy some tacos. Sharon's a bit of an expert. She spent some time with some people from California. So we've got some beautiful little tortillas. Uh, your choice, mate. We could have beef or we could have fish. Uh, we've got a couple of Coronas in there for you. And we've got this beautiful wheat beer from WA that I bought a couple of years ago.
1: Awesome. No, looking forward to it, mate. And uh, thanks so much.
0: That is episode seven of the Dining Room Table. Take care. We'll catch you again soon.